this happened to me years ago when I was a new nurse. I was in my 20s and I had started working in an old folks home. We had a resident who I'll call Bob. I didn't have an opinion of him because he really kept to himself. He just seemed like a regular old man. He was in his 70s and he had several health problems, but he seemed happy and normal. One day it was just him and I, and I had to give him his medication. He had a photo album in his lap, and he was grinning at the photos. Now, I always made conversation with the residents, and I'd had normal chit-chat with Bob before. I asked him if he was reminiscing, and he looked up at me and said yes. I asked him if he missed his family, as I noticed that he never had visitors. He kept smiling, and he told me that his friends were his family, and they're all gone now. Our conversation went on, and when I was about to leave, he asked if I would like to see his photo album. I of course agreed, but what Bob showed me made me feel sick. The photo album was one of those flip ones, where it's a row of plastic files that you slip a photo in, so you can see several at once, if that makes sense. Well, the photos were of naked women, and they were clearly in distress. They were bleeding, and they looked like they'd been beaten up. Pain and humiliation was etched all over their faces. They were bound and gagged in disgusting poses. One woman in particular, it actually felt like she was staring right at me. Like she was really in front of me and pleading for help. The look in their eyes is what still gets under my skin. I felt sick. My blood literally ran cold. I didn't know what to say. I knew Bob couldn't hurt me because he was too weak and old. But I had also had this thought that if I reacted in a certain way, he'd get off on it. It was like in that moment I just realized he was a sick, deeply disturbed, perverted man. Bob stared at my face, obviously waiting for a reaction that I didn't give. It felt like hours had passed, but it was probably less than a minute or two. He looked away from me and back to the photos, holding the album like he was presenting a priceless artwork. He smiled at the photos, and he told me in a wistful voice that he used to be in a biker gang, and that those women were the stock. He said that him and his friends could fuck them whenever they wanted. I must admit, in that moment I felt like knocking Bob out. But I knew that I had to remain calm, and something told me he would get off on it if I started shouting at him. Instead of doing something, I just left the room without a word. I didn't know what to do. I still had other medications to give out, so I finished that first. I then took a minute to myself, and I thought that if I was a smoker, now would be the perfect time to light one up. I was angry and numb after Bob's revelation. Whether a story was true or not, he clearly loved hating women to have those photos in an album. I decided to tell a higher up, and they checked Bob's room. They never found the album, but I know what I saw. I didn't imagine it or dream it. It was 100% real. I have no idea what Bob did with the album or the photos, but he must have known I'd report the incident. He must have stashed them somewhere. I just don't know how. They didn't search until later the next morning at like 10am. So I suppose he had time to hide them somewhere. 
I continued giving Bob his meds, and he never acted differently. But I was always very reserved towards him after that. Those photos still trouble me to this day, and I believe they'll haunt me forever. I wonder how many of those girls are missing today. Are they even alive? Was he a kidnapper, or was he a murderer? I just don't know. I've heard stories of gang members using women like objects and sexually abusing them, but I don't know much about it. It's a fucked up world we live in. I try not to think about it too much, but memories like this have a way of rearing their head occasionally. I wonder why Bob showed me. Did he want to relive his past and thought showing me and making me freak out would be fun? What would have happened if I had started shouting at him? These are answers I'll never have. Although if Bob were here to answer some of my questions, I know it wouldn't be enough. Because I'll never understand how someone can be so twisted and depraved like that. At the end of the day, all I can really do is pray for the women in those photos that they're at peace now. Wherever they are, I just hope they're okay and in a much better place. Before I begin on this story, I'll have a news article linked in the description just to let you all know that this is a true story and that there's proof. Let's begin. The story is about a mass murder that happened on Halloween in 2020 in Quebec City in Canada. It's a very violent and graphic story. You have been warned. I'm a male, and at the time of the story I was 20 years old. It was a wonderful Halloween in 2020 in Quebec City in Canada. A lot of children were dressed up, people laughing, lots of happiness, and everybody was having fun. It's really the only time we had some happiness and fun in that stupid period of COVID-19. Later in the evening, when it was dark and a lot of people were outside, I was near the Chateau Frontenac. I was with my dog walking and enjoying the moment. Well, at some point, I'd saw a man with a cool costume. His costume was a samurai, and he had a katana in his hand. A realistic one. I remarked to him that I thought it was a cool costume. He walked near me, looked at me, and he looked at my dog, then back at me, then telling me I had a cute dog. I replied with a simple thank you, and he walked away. It was weird. I could just feel in those few seconds that something was off. Well, about 10 minutes later, right when I was about to walk home, I was still near the Chateau Frontenac, and at some point I had heard someone yelling and crying that someone was stabbed by a man with a katana. Immediately, chills were coursing through my body. I had saw some people running, and everyone was panicking, so as you can imagine, I was panicking too. Even my dog was on edge. I then grabbed my dog and we started to take off and run. As if the timing couldn't have been more perfect, I began to hear the sounds of the police, the sirens and flashing lights. I was really scared and I was absolutely terrified I'd see the man again. So I ran with my dog to the nearest stairs. Now I live all the way down the road and also in Quebec we have an up city and a down city. I was at the up city, and I actually live in the down city, so we have stairs to go up and down, 
so I went to the nearest stairs. While I was running, I had saw a man sitting down with a paramedic, and he had blood all over his arm. It was from a clean cut from the katana. Anyways, when I finally got near the stairs, I saw another man covered in blood but still alive. He was also with a paramedic and also a cop, so I was obliged to go down the road without the stairs. There was a lot of cop cars that were passing by, and it was very loud. I was almost home with my dog when I saw five cops in alert and offensive mode. One on the front, one in the back, one in the left, one in the right, and one beside me with the dog. And then one of them started yelling at me. Get back inside! There's a maniac out here! I replied back with, I'm sorry, I live nearby. I'm trying to get home and get to my house. Okay, well hurry up! He demanded. I could understand his attitude. I didn't take it personal. Everyone was in panic mode. So I finally made it home. But I then saw something that still has me traumatized to this day. I saw one of my neighbors lying on the ground in front of her door right next to her husband. And he was crying his eyes out, going hysterical. Her face was drenched in blood because her head was half sliced open. It was a horrifying sight. I was traumatized. Later that night, the story was all over the news. They were telling all the locals to keep their doors and windows locked and secured, and that the killer's still on the loose, as well as they didn't know if he was acting alone or if others were also involved. So to stay inside and don't go outside for any reason, at least until there is an update of the man being caught. Well, a few hours later, he was eventually caught and arrested. In total, he injured five people and murdered two, all with a fucking katana. I really hope the two victims can rest in peace, and I hope this sick fuck rots away for the rest of his life in prison. The thing that really gets to me the most, though, is what if I didn't have my dog with me? Did he really give me a pass because I had a cute dog? If I didn't have my dog, would I be added to the list of victims? That thought gives me chills to this day. Hey everyone. I need to take a small break from today's stories to thank today's sponsor, ShipStation. The holidays are the busiest time of the year. Don't get stuck worrying about shipping orders. Let ShipStation do the heavy lifting so you and your team can put your time, money, and energy into much more important things. It's so easy to use the ShipStation dashboard to manage your orders. There's also a free trial and quick setup. I know a few people personally who have used ShipStation, and their shipping rates are a lot more affordable compared to many of the other companies out there. There's effortless integration everywhere you sell online including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. Let your customers shop risk-free this holiday with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CANNIBAL today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CANNIBAL. A couple of weeks ago, my friends and I were hanging out after a day at school. I'll call them G, D, and E. 
We usually hang out, but what was different about this day is it was so fucking hot, and we aren't used to it being hot where we live. We wanted to go to Lucky's and get some drinks and snacks, but from the park we were hanging out at, it was like an hour away. So we decided it was smart to go to one of the most sketchy 7-Elevens that exists in our town. We got all of our snacks and walked out of the 7-Eleven, and they have one table right in front of the store, and then right in front and next to the parking lot. I had realized a car had pulled up to the space right next to us. It wasn't that big of a deal because there was like seven parking spots, but I of course didn't think anything of it at first. So D and G kept dancing, while E and I were just talking and eating chips. So one thing to mention is that D's parents smoke in their apartment all the time, and it's really messed up D's lungs. So they can't really do stuff such as dancing without needing to stop and take deep breaths. Not to mention D was twerking, and I saw the G was looking at something and had seemed off, but I just figured they were zoning out or something. Well, G and D looked at me and then said, Should we tell him? And of course, I was confused by this, because like, what are they going to tell me? Well, G then started walking to me and then whispered to me, Those people in the truck are recording us. To give you a shittily made layout, the truck was parked right in front of the door to 7-Eleven that was right next to us at the circle table, the one we were sitting at. I was sitting back to the truck, he was sitting on the right side of me, and D was sitting on the left side of me, and G was sitting across. There was a small park behind where we were sitting, but there was like a wood wall around it. I immediately got all of my shit stood up and then walked into a corner, all while G told E what was going on. Then there was a man and woman who got out of the truck, and we expected them to like try to get us in the truck or something, but they just went into the 7-Eleven. We took this as a chance to run to the park that was behind us, but since we aren't dumb, we actually took a picture of their license plate. Once we got to the park, we were all breathing really heavily, except E was actually shaking and crying. I started asking G how long they'd been recording us for, and she said that they had been recording us for about one to two minutes. I instantly knew that they were most likely recording us for D and G, as they were young girls. E did say that the people in the truck looked high as fuck, but it still doesn't help very much for D and G, especially after we looked up the license plate and we realized they lived in our town. So yeah, that's fucking wonderful. Of course, G had to go as soon as this happened, and then left me, D, and E all alone. We were trying to calm D down, but that didn't really help that much. And of course, D and I both have very bad anxiety, so we were shaking. I also have history of passing out when scared, so when I started getting dizzy, I knew I had to go. I know that the man and woman that were recording us didn't actually do anything to us, but it's still creepy as hell to think about what could have happened and how much worse it could have gotten. I'm just glad we all decided to get the hell out of there when we did, or who knows what else could have happened. So for a little bit of background, I'm a married 21-year-old female. I'm a pretty small person, and I live in one of the most unsafe towns in North Carolina. 
I also have two dogs, a large bully mix, and a medium-sized lab slash border collie mix. It's also important to know that I live at the very end of my street, right in front of some woods. This happened about a month ago. It was around 6 o'clock at night, and my husband was working a 24-hour shift, leaving me home alone with our two dogs. Typically, my dogs are pretty quiet, and they don't bark unless someone's literally up on our front porch. This particular evening, I was on the couch watching TV when my dogs lost their minds. They were both growling and lunging at the front windows, then running to my sliding glass bag door and doing the same. I had a bad feeling, but I checked the cameras, and they hadn't picked up any movement, so I brushed it off as being paranoid since I was home alone. After about 10 minutes, the dogs still hadn't settled, so I decided to let them into the backyard. As soon as I did, my smaller dog took off towards the side of my fence obscured by trees. My larger dog stayed next to me, still growling. I had heard my fence shaking. So I ran over and I saw my smaller dog attacking the fence and what looked like a woman's tennis shoe. It was stuck in the mud off in the trees. Again, I dismissed it as being paranoid because teenagers are known to have bonfires and such back there, and I figured that's where the shoe had come from. On top of that, I'm normally a pretty paranoid person. I got the dogs inside and I didn't think much of it until the next night. My husband was home, and it was around 9pm when someone knocked. My husband looked out of the windows all around the front of the house, and all he saw was a teenage girl standing on our porch. She looked the same age as our neighbor's daughter's friends, and that said neighbor has a lot of health issues, so we assumed something had happened. My husband, being the paranoid type himself, grabbed his weapon and held it behind the door when he opened it. I was in the hallway out of view holding onto my dogs who were again growling and trying to lunge. It's important to know that they've never acted that way towards a person. As my husband was talking to this woman, I had heard her ask him about his age, where he went to school, and had asked if we had children. He declined to answer any of the questions, and then she asked the creepiest one yet. She asked if any of our neighbors had kids, if there's any bachelors or child-free couples that she should avoid. My husband just said he couldn't help her and shut the door. After that, we had actually heard her laugh and then say, So you really don't know? Before she then walked away. We decided that it was really sketchy and that we needed to at least call the non-emergency line. While I was doing so, my husband was watching our cameras. He showed me as this woman walked around our house and tried to look in our windows. When she triggered our motion sensor light, I thought I would vomit. The shoes she had on were identical to the one that I had just seen outside my fence the day before. I made a report, but nothing ever came of it that I know of. But I had later learned that this woman had also gone to two other houses that same night. Both were single women with small children. After I heard that they had kids, I remember that the previous day that the kids my neighbor babysat had been playing in my front yard. It seems very likely that this woman was out looking for children that night, which is absolutely terrifying in itself. I'm a 26-year-old female, 
And at the time the story takes place, I was a broke college student. I was very naive and a chronic people pleaser, and I avoided confrontation at all costs. One night I was waiting on the bus home after visiting some friends. It wasn't very late. It was 7pm on a weeknight, and I was tired and I was really looking forward to getting home to unwind. I'd been at this bus stop loads of times, and I often encountered familiar faces, though this time it was just me. So I popped my headphones in to listen to some music while I waited, and I messed around on my phone, keeping an eye on the time. The bus was due at 20 past, and I'd only been there for about 5 minutes when I had sensed someone near me. I glanced to the side, and I saw a man around my age had come under the shelter. I ignored him and continued looking at my phone. Suddenly, I had heard someone loudly saying, Hey, excuse me! So I turned to see the man was right next to me, staring right at me. I took out my headphone and I asked him what he wanted, and he grinned at me before asking what time the bus came. I told him it was usually around 20 past the hour, and then looked down at my phone again hoping he'd get the hint that I didn't want to have a long conversation. Sadly, he didn't. I could sense him still staring at me, and when I looked at him, he didn't look away. I smiled awkwardly, which, looking back, I wish that I hadn't because this probably only encouraged him. But like I said, I was a really huge people pleaser back then, and to be blunt, I was an idiot. It seemed like out of nowhere he started trying to talk to me again. He asked if I took this bus often, to which I responded yes, and again, smiled tightly at him, willing him to just go away and leave me alone. I shouldn't have admitted that I took this bus regularly, because now he could determine my schedule if he really wanted to. But again, I was an idiot and incredibly naive back then. Then he started complimenting me. You have gorgeous skin, he told me, which I found to be an odd compliment, but I just smiled wearily at him and tried to focus on my phone. By now I'd turned my music off, but I kept the headphones in to give the impression that I was trying to ignore him, but I knew I needed to be able to hear him perfectly because he was being creepy and I felt uncomfortable. When the bus came I was relieved, even though he got on with me. It wasn't packed, but we weren't alone, and I thought he would leave me alone now. I was so wrong. I sat at the front, and to my discomfort, so did he, directly across from me. I was sitting in these fold-down seats usually reserved for people with prams or wheelchairs because I wanted to be closer to the front as I felt uncomfortable. He sat on those same seats directly opposite me. When the bus started, he didn't say anything for about five minutes, but kept staring at me. Eventually, he had started asking me over the engine noise what stop I got off at. I politely informed him that this wasn't any of his business, but my heart was pounding in my chest. I was texting my friend what was happening, and I also texted some of my family members just to let them know of the situation too, just in case. I was feeling so uneasy, and it was only getting worse. He told me that he wanted to walk me home, and that he could come over to my place and show me a good time. I was disgusted by him. 
he was leering at me, and he kept talking about my skin, saying, You know, you have such good skin. I want to stroke it so badly. I love girls with nice skin. I bet you have even more that I can't see. I was so disgusted by his comments, and I just felt angry and violated. Angry at him for being such a creep, and angrier at myself for being so scared that I couldn't bring myself to just tell him to fuck off. This went on for a bit, before the bus driver stopped the bus and got off his seat. He approached the man, and he demanded he get off the bus immediately. He must have heard the man, as he was talking loudly, and we were at the front. The man then began to protest, and he even had the audacity to say he was my boyfriend. The bus driver looked at me, before shaking his head at the man, and then demanding once again he get off the bus now. He informed the man that if he refused to comply, there would be trouble. The man begrudgingly sludged off the bus, glaring at us. The bus driver then asked me if I was okay, and I just broke down. He asked me if I had any friends or family that I could call to meet me off the bus, and I told him I could call someone. He nodded, before telling me he had overheard the man being creepy a few times and decided to intervene. He told me that he had two daughters, and that if one of them were me, he'd really hope someone would intervene to protect them too. He went back to driving, and I called one of my friends. No one else on the bus did anything. There were about four people, all around my age, but they just stared at me uncomfortably. I don't know if they felt guilty, maybe called out by the bus driver, but none of them did anything. Maybe they didn't hear anything or notice anything was amiss, but it was still scary to know I was so close to people and I was still preyed on by some weirdo. When it was my stop to get off, I kept thanking the driver for helping me. He told me not to worry and to stay safe. I didn't live far from the bus stop that I got dropped off at, and I remained on the phone with my friend until I was finally home with the door locked. I avoided that bus stop from that day forward, opting to always get a taxi home instead. I never saw the creepy man ever again, and hopefully, I never will. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night, everyone. And remember, to always, stay.